0: Hello and welcome, fellow awesomeologists, to Awesomeology. I'm Sue,
1: and I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're counting down our top three moments from this series and getting ready to tie a bow on it for 2023.
0: How appropriate! Oh my, here gosh. at Christmas time, right. we'll tie a little oh, bow on that beautiful little bow. Yeah,
1: so good at tying bows.
0: Are you good at tying bows? No. We should talk about this. No, no? that's not your thing.
1: I'm lucky I can tie my shoes. So we don't need to be <laughs> worrying about decorative bows right now.
0: I do worry. I worry a lot about them.
1: I am the, when it comes to bows, I am the equivalent of Velcro shoes to wow. Christmas bows. I like the bows that are already done. I just have to peel the thing off and stick it on just like my my Velcro shoes back in the day, okay. which wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, maybe.
0: <laughs> and you're going to go back to them eventually. So that's what's hey, great Hey, we about all it. are. Yeah.
1: Hey, right. and actually, can we just be real for a second? If something like Crocs can be real and relevant in our world today- yeah. No shade to Velcro shoes, whatever no. age.
0: But, and, and also, have you seen the ones that you just step into?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, I want to say Allbirds. Is that a brand of those that make like...
0: I don't one? know if they... Kizik's is the one i am seen. that's
1: the one I'm thinking. Yeah. Yep. hmm Yeah. hmm Yeah, those are pretty sweet.
0: They look pretty good to me.
1: I The price point scares me away from them a little really? bit. Really? Okay. Because they're like 80 bucks, aren't they, or
0: something? I... Listen... I'm There's no, cheap. I've yeah. never. I haven't even gotten that close to looking at what the price would be. Okay. Yeah.
1: You, yeah. Oh, so you did the thing where you didn't click on it, so then you get served Kizik's ads for
0: forever. Right. Yeah. Right until until I eventually die shoeless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's not Boy, what we're here to talk about. That was about. a tangent. Yeah. There we go. But you know, it's worth it. So, speaking of, we're going to we're going to count down our top three. So our first. Just to let the listeners know, we are going to share clips for our number one, but we'll just chat about our two and three, three and two, however you want to say it. Right. And speaking of going on a tangent, my choice for uh, my number three favorite moment from the last year of this uh, was in the episode of Getting Back on Track, which was a whole episode uh, about how we had gotten diverted Mm -hmm. and had to get back on track with what we were doing. And uh, I think it, it was what, okay. The reason it was my favorite moment was we have these, uh, I think all of mine are really about epiphanies. We had an epiphany Mm -hmm. in that moment. And in that episode we are talking about, making sure that you have the appropriate accountability. Everybody's taking accountability. We're not placing ourselves in front of the team. We're making sure that they are able to understand consequences, like all of that thing. And we get into a conversation about how um, there's a right way and a wrong way for a leader to take accountability from someone else and say, well, that's my fault. Let me take, you know, I'll take it. And then they don't learn the lesson, Yeah, whatever. And we discuss that probably we've done that. Mm -hmm. And my favorite moment in that is the moment when we both go, probably for each other.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So I thought that was a nice little, you know, we like to synergize. Right. And that was a nice little moment of synergy, like. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably a thing we've done.
1: Yep. Yeah. Same wavelength there for sure. Yeah. That and that was a really cool moment in the bigger moment of that entire episode where, you know, like the getting track getting back on track episode was one of the less easy episodes we've ever mm-hmm. done, just with the like <laughs> to be dramatic, like shame or guilt that was like baked into <laughs> us having to do that episode. Shame. And,
2: like, <laughs>
1: shame. Dung. Yeah. Yep. But um yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good one for sure. I mean, really, that whole episode was a good one, even though it was uncomfortable. Right. Um, And I guess I don't know if we're we're ready to go over to mine, but um, I think my selection for number three is in in a similar space. You know.
0: Yeah. So let's do it. Let's
1: do it. Okay. Sweet. So mine was our all stop time episode, and I I think um, you know it's really tough for me to pick like a specific moment out of it. I think for me personally, just. really early on in that episode, um, you know, cause, and let's maybe remind the audience cause I'm sure we've talked about it a little, a little bit, but maybe inform the audience of a bit of our process here. Sue does a great job of preparing notes for our episodes and, you know, kind of getting the conversation, um, framed up before we even hit record. And then really from there, it's this whole thing is really pretty natural and conversational between you and I. I mean, we, depending on the content for the episode, sometimes we do a little bit more Mm-hmm. prep ahead of time if we're bringing in a link to something that you know is relevant to what we're talking about but for the most part like I don't want to say we're winging it but you know we're really just taking a little bit of inspiration a very abbreviated framework and building an episode right. out of this it's, right
0: it's very few words for how many words we end up with at the end
1: for <laughs> sure yes which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> to be <meet> determined
0: <a> <laughs> it feels good for us for the other people yeah we'll yeah. see
1: listener, please let us know if you like it. Um, but, you know, so I knew that that was that episode was going to be kind of framed around this all stop that we needed to do to kind of, you know, take a breath, get us maybe another version of back on track. Right. Um, but like really early on in that episode, I remember almost feeling like refreshed by halting, mm-hmm. by, you know what I mean? And just um, I think it's something that There are so many things in our world today that would tell us that stopping is the last thing you should do. Like We're just so busy all the time. We're always just putting our head down and trudging forward, dealing with it, you know, whatever. All the things that we do to, like, get through life day to day. And that stuff, like, trickles into work, you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe the other way around where we do it at work all the time and it trickles into the rest of our lives. But, um, like, a superpower for anyone that has the ability to like identify the opportunity to just like say, Hey, let's just all stop. Right. now, Regroup, talk about what we're doing, shift the plan, you know, whatever you do while you're stopped, you know? And even though it was um, a brief moment in this whole journey, I feel like it was one of the more impactful ones for us to stop and have a conversation. Um, And like the getting back on track, Track episode, uh, another opportunity for us to maybe be a little bit vulnerable and say, like, hey, yeah, like our heads in the sand right now. We need mm-hmm. to stop and pull it out and <laughs> look around. And um, I think that we had some good progress. Uh, I, I know we had some great progress uh, after that really cool opportunity to just stop for a second. So I'm, I feel like I'm generalizing the whole episode into this little moment at the beginning mm-hmm. of it, but. Um, that's really what the whole theme of the episode was, so but it was cool. It was a cool opportunity,
0: yeah, that is the magic of that all stop, and yeah. i I don't know why we don't do that more often mm-hmm. with more things, yeah, because just the feeling of being able to say, "We're not doing anything right now, so right. you don't have to think ahead right now and you don't have to think behind right now, yeah, you have to you know, we're in this moment, and this is all about assessment, yeah, yeah. So.
1: And, you know, thinking of um, myself and the way my brain operates and I and how those things might influence our team and if and when we get to do this all stop kind of stuff, um, some things that I think might help me is to create or be aware of maybe some natural times to do an all stop. Right now we're in one of them, right? End of year, like mm-hmm. maybe the best or one of the best times to just to do that all stop um, start to kind of frame yourself or set yourself up for the next year um, spitball in it here, spring cleaning, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe another time to, you know, you just made it through winter, just stop, set yourself up so you can have a fun summer with the garage clean and right. You know, go from there, you know um, I'm sure there's others, but I, and I put it to the calendar quarterly, like the first week of every quarter you do an all stop and you, you mm. know, reap the benefits of it so I think for me to have like sometimes like that kind of yelling at me in the back of my brain like hey got an all-stop coming up you kind of can get the best of both worlds where hey I, kn- I know that we're going to do this all-stop I'm gonna I'm gonna crunch I'm just gonna go on what I've got right now and I know that when we stop I'm gonna get the opportunity to reassess so I can stay busy and mm-hmm. that makes us feel happy and good too because we're you know busy working and we have our nose down and all that but um not so much and so constant that then it winds up having a negative effect because you never pull your head up to look at what's around you.
0: Right, right. Well, and I think the beauty of the all-stop, of that concept, is that everyone has a day when you get nothing done.
2: Yeah. Right? <laughs> right.
0: And when you have an all-stop, it is, it's no different. It, and you are getting more done. Really? Yeah. It is this tacit approval to say, I'm not doing right now. Mm -hmm. Now I'm thinking, I'm planning, I am, you know, I'm looking at the landscape. Yeah. And everything that, it all will still exist. Yeah. Right. In the way it does when we go home at night and then come back in the next day. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You said we'll get more done. And I, Yes, I think you're right. And if you're doubting that or questioning that, like I may or may not be right now, um, at the very least, you know, you'll get the right thing done. Right. So um, it might not wind up being more, but Mm -hmm. it at least will be the right thing because you'll have a chance to reprioritize and put some things to bed that should have been put to bed a long time ago, you know, whatever. So, I'll stop. Awesome. Speaking of all stop, I'll just, I'll stop right now. You're going
0: to stop right now? Okay. So, my number two is came in the episode about why why your team should stop pairing in that whole discussion of pairing. And this one, which I forgot about, but now I want to think more about it. <laughs> this moment we get into we get into a discussion in that episode um, about the reasons behind pairing. And how it's, you know, it's related to connecting with other people Mm -hmm. and, um, whether people are doing it for good reasons, bad reasons, you know, and some of those discussions and somewhere along the way you bring up complacency and the epiphany I had in that moment. And it was so much fun listening to myself, have it again. And now I'm, it's still rolling through my head Mm -hmm. again. Um, the epiphany I had was that complacency exists (laughs) 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 because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really approach too much with complacency. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, your point had been, I think that sometimes people don't do a thing because they're, they, they just don't care they're complacent sometimes Mm. it's complacency and my point of view has always tended toward you are either um, you either care about a thing or you are opposed to it so it's that it's more of a polar opposite so it's not it's maybe weaponized complacency right Mm. Mm. you won't do it you hate it whatever that word so you are Directly opposing it as opposed to being like, meh.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> which is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it, I have a tendency to ascribe intent to people's complacency, mm. which I don't necessarily have to do. Yeah. It, they, it could just be they're not feeling it. It's not going to happen because they're complacent about that thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Something happened recently that, for now, for today, they're complacent about that thing because right. their mind's elsewhere. Or right, something's going on. So, yeah, yeah, maybe all because of the unknown, all the more reason to not. I think the word you use was describe. Ascribe right? intent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oof. Good one.
0: Yeah, I, and it it is weird to think about the fact that uh other people just have they just think a different way than i do yeah. i i i don't have a lot of fami- familiarity mm-hmm. with the feeling of being complacent yeah and yeah. i wish i could sometimes <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know i wonder um and I, and i don't have an answer to this question so i'm genuinely asking like i wonder where you might without even knowing it and mm-hmm. like what's coming to mind f- for me, is um, you know, people that maybe give the unhealthy yes to things in life because they're a, a yes person or have trouble saying no, mm-hmm. or you know, really don't like consider their own priorities or how much time they have to do things. And then after saying yes to so much, there's too much on their plate. They didn't give a mindful yes. And now all of a sudden when it comes time to do the thing that they said yes to when you line that up with everything else that they have going on in their life that they've said yes to, or maybe is just part of their life, um, family, kids, whatever, mm-hmm. Then, you know, in that moment, that thing that they said yes to, they don't, they don't care about it anymore, you know, alongside everything else that they have going on. So mm-hmm. at the same time though, like they said yes to it at one, at one point they had energy for it at one point. Um, they cared about it enough to say yes even Mm -hmm. if it maybe was a bit mindless or unthoughtful. Um, So like, I don't know, things change. There's a bunch of dynamics to this, I guess is what I'm saying. And and I'm not going to sit here and claim like I understand all of this or know what might be going on in people's brains. But at the end of the day, I guess that's the thing, is there's probably a lot more factors to this idea of complacency and stuff than we Mm -hmm. maybe even know about.
0: Right. Well, and in terms of the because I've definitely been there, the place you're describing. And I think it is the area where you're not, where I'm not complacent is the relationship with the person who asked me to do the Mm, thing.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, Or the, if it's, if it's more of a work thing, reputation thing. So the relationship with the thing Yeah. I remain not complacent about. Yeah. And then I have to, then I, I can work myself to the point of like, oh, but actually I still care about that thing. But here's yeah. my good reason that I have overextended myself and now I can yeah. talk myself out of doing it. Yeah. And Ugh. at least for me, everyone's different. I don't experience that as complacency. I put as much energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. Let me tell you about my childhood and all of my trauma, um, <laughs> I put as much energy into worrying about the fact that now I have become complacent mm-hmm. as I did originally when I said yes.
1: Yeah. And that relationship and everything else. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean,
0: get some help, right? Say well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe, maybe Sue. Yeah. I don't know. But um, also let's think of, let's talk about the good that comes from that though, too. I mean, your care for relationships. Um, I think that this is like some There's some aspect of like kindness in everything that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here that I think maybe we, because of circumstances, the world that we live in, maybe it's just how people have changed. I don't know, like I feel um, that not doing the stuff that you're talking about, like um, getting back to people, managing the relationship, even if it means you can't do the thing that you said yes to. Like when that stuff doesn't happen, one can be perceived as unkind or mm-hmm. undedicated, or, you know, some of the things that I think um, generations put on the generation below them, you know, like, oh, they don't even care about the community anymore. Um, you know, they're lazy, you know, whatever, all that right, stuff. Right. When actually it might be like, well, actually, they're just doing more than we ever had to do. And they're trying to balance it just like we always did growing up. And mm-hmm. um, maybe everybody struggles on some level with like communication and being clear about what they've commit, committed themselves to or not. And I don't know, let's not go down this whole rabbit hole, but, um, but yeah, this is, I, I'm, I'm getting stuck on this thing, but it's really interesting. It's okay. it's okay. It's really interesting to think about, um, this whole complacency topic that we've mm-hmm. kind of been, that I've gotten us stuck on.
0: Well, I, it was my fault because I got us there and you just chose to stick on it and that's okay.
1: I have immediately overwhelmed us with this idea of complacency. So let's use that as a segue to my number two, (laughs) uh, which was our episode on leading change through the overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but honestly, that whole episode was almost like therapeutic to me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just... Uh, the opportunity to speak with someone about, um, like how we all feel this way from time mm-hmm. to time and maybe how to acknowledge it, process it, communicate about it, and then do something about it, you know? Um, and I remember the, the social media posts that we used to spread the word about the, um, episode and it, you know, started with like, we're all human, you know? And I think that's like one of the, um, like it's like this reminder that like sticks with me um, ever since we put that episode out there. Like it's just really easy to <laughs> as human as we are, it's really easy to forget that we're human and right. that it's easy to become overwhelmed and it's easy to get stuck in a place. And um, I, I think there's like a theme between my, fir- at least my number two and my number three in that, like these were like vulnerable moments for us, um, maybe therapeutic moments for us to just, create the space for us to chat about some of the things that we got hung up on or can get us stuck or bring us down Mm -hmm. throughout this process of building an accountable team, but also like every day in everyday work, everyday life.
0: Right. Yeah. That, I mean, if I had a overarching positive net positive from this whole process, it really was, I think there were a lot of things um and this is also teasing my next <laughs> my next one that you're going to hear but there there are a lot of things that we that we raised that were maybe unspoken that we both believe that we you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: that are fundamental to our character that we finally took the time to sit down and talk about and say out loud and that for me was really cathartic mm. To be able to say, oh, yeah, no, you know, I think I pride, I really pride us as a team. Um, you and I, I'm being on a great similar wavelength, right? And being able to, I, I never feel really sheepish about saying to somebody, well, Ben and I believe this thing. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And really feeling we're on the same wavelength with those kinds of things. But this, these conversations serve to reinforce a lot of those things where I think we had these unspoken things that we just both Mm -hmm. value. Yeah. We spoke them.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So speaking of which, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready to move on? Here we go. Okay. So this one, mine is coming from breaking the social contract. And this is it. And our expectation is that everyone on our team remains uh, as much as possible pristine as, to ter- right. you know, in terms of those ethics, yeah. right? You put in the work that you've said you're going to put in. You do the things that you said you're going to do and uh, complete them in the time that we said we are going to complete them. We charge you what you should be charged.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh yeah so that number one number one is our business uh, business ethics yeah um and second and maybe equal as far as the pitchfork that i am building in my mind here (laughs) i don't have a third though so like the second (laughs) is gonna have to be where you go and then you get the third time of my pitchfork (laughs) um, which i guess would technically be a trident anyway uh, second would be that desire uh, for us to continue learning. So two points. First of all, three points. Number one, business e- business ethics.
1: You still can't say it. It's super after all hard to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of places that I believe we agree, I think that we have the same business ethics mm-hmm. and we believe in just continuous learning. Yeah. And that was one of those things that to say out loud. Yeah. Say, this is, this is who we are. And in essence, as the leaders of this team, this is who the QSO is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, I think the, (laughs) this whole project um, is learning, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've been learning, the team's been learning. We're going to continue to learn even when the project is air quotes done, right? Um, and you know, from like an ethics standpoint or an ethical standpoint, like it is a business's duty to keep learning, to provide its best work to its clients. It's a leader's duty to continue to learn, to lead its team the best way they can Mm -hmm. or um, develop people the best way they can to encourage learning and ethics. To their team, right? So um it, admittedly, right away listening to it back, I was like, gosh, business ethics, like, how does this is this real? Like, how does how does this really tie in? But, you know, even just that like 30 seconds was like a nice nudge or reminder. And your comments about, you know, us being aligned, you know, from a ethical business standpoint. Um, that's all real. That's all extremely real. And it's kind of cool to see the connection between Learning, continuous improvement, self improvement, professional development, and running an ethical business. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think I don't want to. I don't want to uh, denigrate other marketing people, but I honestly don't think that people put the word ethics and marketing in the same sentence too often.
2: Sure. Right. They yeah. don't
0: think of that as being something where you have to be really consciously ethical. Yeah. And I'm proud that we are. I'm proud that that is a major part of, uh, what we, what we bring into the world.
1: Yeah. And is, I don't know if it's the differentiator, but it's a, a differentiator for us for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. You know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully our clients that are listening agree, huh?
0: Right. (laughs) If they disagree, please, if you disagree, (laughs) let's talk about it offline. (laughs) Yeah. Dial 833. (laughs) Okay, awesome. now here comes yours. You ready for yours? Okay. Now, let's. Mine's go. a
1: little longer. Sorry.
0: That's okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know one thing that I mentioned earlier was, you know, some ideas like for things that I like to change. And, um, you know, I mentioned like not settling for painful processes and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. something that every team, every member of the team is responsible for, you know, like speaking up when like something doesn't seem right or they see an opportunity for improvement, you know, so like. Um, That's definitely one thing that uh, I took away from this part of the process. And then like looking internally to like some things that I know I need to do more of, get better at, whatever, is to be disciplined in doing the stuff that I say I'm going to do. I think that sometimes I attach like um, whether or not I'm meeting expectations on the team with like the delivery of things that I say I'm going to do that um, most of the time when I think I come up short on those things are some of I don't know, some of the things that maybe like live in the background like having a conversation with somebody outside mm-hmm. of our team or um, doing a thing that isn't like attached to a project that has a checkbox and you know okay that project is done now researching a thing or getting permission or asking for budget I don't know what, I don't, I'm trying to do my best to remember all of the <laughs> all of the things that I've failed on in the last <laughs> seven years, but um, so like you know, part of that is maybe just a personal awareness of hey, like mm-hmm. you've said, you've done, you've said that you would do some stuff, you didn't do it. So like, one, be aware, um, and again, a survey like this is an opportunity to kind of recognize some of that stuff, but then also like, what are you going to do about it? Like, what mm-hmm. do you need to change a practice that you have, a system that you're utilizing? To, you know, like some of this stuff that I say I'm gonna do. Do I need to make it a project in our project management software and have the checkbox and the due date? You know, and um, so I say that because that's one thing that I think I can do um, mm-hmm. to help just del- deliver more on the commitments that I'm making. You know, and then along with that, as I'm talking on the negative side of like things that I'm failing on and haven't done, um, celebrating the stuff that. We yes. do. You know, I mean, that's something that we, we probably, so let's talk about celebrating a celebration because we probably celebrate more than we think we do. Like, Hey, you know, good job person A on that thing that you just mm-hmm. did or good job team on that thing that we did. Um, but also like, can you celebrate too much? You know, like as long as it's real and it's like right. something to celebrate like I don't want to make it sound like certain things are worth celebrating and others aren't like everybody's job, everybody's role on this team on this planet is worth celebrating every single day. But also we don't have time to party all the time. Um, says you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That party budget's going up next year. But yeah, all this to say, like I think that's an opportunity that we always have is to like take that pause, take that moment to celebrate, um, not just to make people feel appreciated, but like to really like create that moment where we can recognize, like, "Hey, team, we're doing stuff." Yeah, that was it.
0: That was it. How how did so, it feel hearing
1: that? Uh, it was I, first off, I love hearing the sound of my voice. So uh, oh. keep it going. We both going. do. That's why
0: we podcast. Wow.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was from the survey says we're functional episode and that whole episode and the practice of like putting a survey out to the team and learning how we all felt about our, you know, kind of our self-assessment of functionality. So many things learned mm-hmm. just by do, like doing that process. And then um, creating the opportunity for us to talk about it uh, on an episode. Um, it just kind of helped bring me confirmation about, um, well, one, we we had a really cool uh, opportunity to get feedback that proved that we, at least obviously from our internal assessment and perspective, we are a functional team. So, you know, as a leader, you, when you get an opportunity for someone to say you've got a great team or to hear feedback from others, hey, you know, your team's just doing a, a nice job or whatever, like those moments all feel great something that we probably don't do enough is what we did as part of that process like look at ourselves and kind of give ourselves um, a chance to assess things because that like internal and external feedback a mix of it is really important not everybody outside of our team sees everything that we do here's the challenges that we're facing here's our conversations Um, so all that they might see is stuff that's you know relatively good or you know mostly positive things Mm -hmm. like that. Not that we ever get, not that we don't ever get, you know, negative feedback, but, um, not everybody knows everything, right? Same thing inside, right? Like there's advantages and disadvantages to getting your own internal feedback. We, we know how our conversations go. We feel the feelings that we feel, you know, with each other and stuff. Um, we think that we're doing good work. Um, but if that was all that we looked at and we didn't think about, how others perceived us or whatever, you know, we'd be missing something there. So anyway, all that to say, um, after doing the exercise and talking about it, it just all felt really genuine. It felt really Mm -hmm. real. I feel like we had people on the team open up that, uh, it's a little more difficult for them to, um, so just like making that opportunity for, for everyone on the team to speak and to, uh, be heard uh, I think it was really, really cool because we did, you know, not only we do, did we do the survey, but we we broke it down. And that was a lot of what we talked about in that episode was uh, our time as a team to break down the results mm-hmm. of the survey and talk about what we're going to do about it, you know. And th- something that kind of like sold me on sharing that specific clip was um, how, you know, just study of one, you know, what, what I learned from going through that process um, was a really easy opportunity for me to look at myself and um say okay well you've been feeling lately maybe for a long time that you're a little non-committal or you're you're or you are over committing you're committing the things and then Mm -hmm. not following through um and you know some of it some of it's small nobody's gonna die you know nobody's nobody's gonna like not get their job done because i didn't hit a due date or something but sometimes yeah sometimes i delay projects sometimes i get in the way of things. And so, you know, just like acknowledging it, putting it out there to the team so that the team knows I'm aware and I'm trying to do something about it. And also maybe like I did in that episode say, well, here's what I need to do. I just need to put some tasks in our project management Mm -hmm. software. I need to put some dates on it so that I can check the box, even if it's something that I'm the only one that knows it needs to happen. Nobody else on the team will ever interact with it, but I've got that thing that's part of our normal everyday process using the tools that we have to do our best work. And I don't know when we recorded that one. It must've been earlier on in the year. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of personal improvement on Mm -hmm. that stuff using, particularly using the tools that we have in place to help me keep my crap together. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, lots of room to go. I mean, I definitely won't sit here and say that I've got it perfect, but you know, that's one example for me that just going through that whole practice has like modified my behavior a little bit. And I think the team has benefited from it. And I think that anytime you get an opportunity to talk about like personal commitments and things that you're doing as an individual to lift the team um, is a good thing for the whole team. It's a good thing for you as a person, obviously, and to do it in the setting that we did it where we all kind of got to talk about it, hear each other's voice, be a little vulnerable again. Um, it helps us support each other in getting it done and create the accountability that, you know, is exactly what we're shooting for as part of this whole process. And the last thing I'll just note is the comments about celebrations. It was a nice reminder, still something that I think we, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied with like how much we celebrate. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe as we get better and better at it, um, it'll feel better, but, um, it it was nice to hear that it's something that, um, we want to do more. We should do more. I don't know if we've really done Mm -hmm. any more of it, but we should. So worst case scenario, it's been a good reminder for me that, um, I need to make sure that I'm doing my part and it's not all on me, but, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm, you know, doing my part to make sure that we're celebrating all the good work that we're doing as a team, as individuals
0: and everything else. It, uh, That is, it's a real challenge because the temptation I think for all of us is once you complete something is to move on to the next Mm -hmm. and to the idea that, uh, you would instead pause and celebrate feels gratuitous, right? It feels like, Ooh, but I could be using that time
2: to work, to do this other thing.
0: (laughs) yeah. And to some extent, that devotion to your work is maybe good. We want people to want to keep working.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But on the other hand, um, too much of that, that's how we lead ourselves right into burnout. Mm-hmm. Say, I don't have time to be proud of that thing I just did because I have to go on to the next thing. Right. Especially when when it could be a little bit of a roller coaster. Cause you can complete something and feel really good about it and then move on mm. to the next task. And that could be a little bit of an emotional vampire. Yeah. And then what you've done is created time to feel bad instead of creating time to feel good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe not as easy uh, to label as a celebration, but you know, we talk all the time about how important learning is mm-hmm. and something it's done maybe, for some reason, we don't feel like celebrating it either. I don't know. It felt like normal work or something didn't go quite right or whatever. To take that moment to like celebrate the learning opportunity is right. pretty important and maybe even more difficult to identify, create time for, get motivation behind like, hey, let's all celebrate how that thing didn't go perfect, you know. But but I mean, that's real. Holy smokes, mm-hmm. that's real because um, those are learning opportunities that we're always talking about, always asking for. Um, And when you get to do it in a way where, you know, you're still getting work done for people you're still helping move them forward. Maybe it didn't go perfect for some reason. Like there can still be a whole ton of good in something that didn't go well.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I told, I know I told you about this off the air, uh, but when you talk about those kinds of little celebrations, it does make me think back to uh, being in D.E. And, like, day three, we everything that we did, we started applauding. And it mm. just became... yeah, And it, it couldn't be, like, somebody would drop their pen and someone else would say, hey, you dropped your pen. Let me hand it back to you. And I'd be, yay! <laughs> 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 we... We were just slap happy yeah. and getting weird. <laughs> um, and we just applauded everything yeah. for three days. Uh, but you know what? That felt pretty great. Yeah. Right. And walking away from that and having to come home to a place where I put a dish in the dishwasher and nobody was there going, yay! Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a come down. Round of applause, please. <laughs> right.
1: I did the dishes.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm all for that. More applause.
2: Yeah. I like it. But
0: also, as I was listening to the episodes for this, uh, I realized not only am I a clapper, I like to clap (laughs) when I get excited. Um, One of the episodes, we spent a little time talking about how I'm a wooer. Mm. And I like to woo. Yeah. So, like, I'm all... This whole celebration thing, like, put me in coach. All right, yeah, because I, I will woo and I've, I will. i moved you up
1: the death chart. Depth chart, not death chart.
0: Thank you. It's good. It's good to make that distinction. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. This was fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I'll, I'll admit, I was a little bit like, I gotta. I'm gonna have to listen to us talk. About mm-hmm. stuff we've already talked about, I was dreading it a little bit. I'll be were honest you really, I'll be honest, yeah, yeah, but i'm I'm glad I did for sure, and I actually was pleasantly surprised how easy it was to pick out a few um highlights from the year,
0: so yeah, good, great so, idea. What about the process? This is it. This is the last time we get to talk about it because we're gonna do something different next year. We are, yeah what um, are we gonna do, Ben?
1: I, I'm not telling
0: <laughs> I'm
1: not telling my secret,
0: okay.
1: Aka, I don't really know yet. <laughs> um, so, what about the process? Like this good process, exper- good experience. great experience. What's next? Any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, well, yes, hundred percent good experience. Total advocate um, for for stuff like this. Maybe not necessarily, you know, for other teams. Like maybe the whole accountable teams thing isn't what you should be focusing on. Maybe mm-hmm. it's some other kind of like shared learning with milestones and check-ins and um, opportunities to stop or opportunities mm-hmm. to like own that you're behind or, you know, whatever it is that you can get from it. So, um, you know, we've had some other like stuff happening throughout the year that have kind of been in the same category. Um, like design challenges that Kylie, Mm -hmm. one of our designers, is leading or our inclusive language handbook kind of like book club project that we have going on. Um, And I think with all of those, there have been similar opportunities to like learn along the way, to stop and be like, hey, guys, we're off track, Um, adjust the plan, whatever. So um, now that I think about it, like it's actually – Kind of cool. Maybe a little overwhelming to think that we've got like at least a few of those things happening all year, but every team should have something like this going on all the time. I think this Mm -hmm. shared learning experience is really, really cool. So definitely a fan. And um, if anyone um, is looking to develop a more accountable team um, or, you know, is interested in what we've been talking about framed around this book all year, Mm -hmm. um, I will definitely uh, give high praise there and say, you know, great great tool to use a good read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those, one of those things that you can like put into practice, like right away, which, you know, there's a lot of tools and books and learning opportunities like that, where you have to do a whole bunch more, you have to do it like a whole bunch of groundwork to really mm-hmm. feel progress or um, get something going. And this felt like really easy to just like inject into our week, into our days, you know what I mean? So Right. Um, yeah, really good. Um, the, I think there is some what's next about the accountable teams work that we haven't really talked about yet, but as I was listening back to some episodes, particularly the survey episode, um, it was kind of a reminder to me like, Hey, we've, we've got a pretty cool gift of like some baseline data here Mm -hmm. that like it'd be really stupid of us to like not do another survey at some point in time, uh, not check in, uh, on some of that same kind of feedback as a team and see if it's been doing anything good or bad, you know? Right. So, so I'm sure that's one of the next steps when that happens and stuff. I don't know. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, another nice thing to your point about being able to bring it into practice right away, the book took what an hour to read.
1: Yeah. If yeah. Right.
0: And the book again is revolutionizing teamwork by Eric Coriel.
1: Gosh, you remembered his name. Good for you.
0: I, and maybe I said it right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Who
0: knows? Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it, to your point, it's not, I don't think everybody is in the space yet. Yeah, We were really lucky, uh, blessed, not lucky. No. It's not luck. It's a blessing to have a group of people that were functional, competent, creative, all on their own. And we were able to identify that this is the next step. Mm-hmm. in a revolution rather yeah. than, oh God, when, when would we ever get there to yeah. people having that kind of ability to self-govern and,
2: yeah.
0: you know, live creatively and autonomously and all, I'm just trying to think of more big words. Do you have any more These that are we are great could? big words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But we'll do, we're going to do something next year for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We just don't, we're not ready to reveal it. Exactly.
1: Yet exactly. that's true. that is true we've yeah. We've had some ideas,
0: yeah, and now, in having this discussion today, I think I have even more ideas. So oh, awesome, yeah, so great. So we appreciate you, listeners, so much for coming with us on this one year journey. Um, I can't believe it's been a year. I know right. Uh, and we hope that you will come back next year in twenty twenty four We've got one more episode, technically, right It's just not one of these episodes, right. Um, but we hope you come back next year to find out what our next big project is and learn more. And we welcome your feedback and all of that stuff. Yep. You can follow us on social media, um, or you can get in touch with us at our website, exclamation com.
1: That's it. You got it. Thanks for tuning in friends. Be awesome. And see you next time.
0: The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork.
1: Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.